Alright guys, welcome back to the Football Gossip Podcast. This is episode 2. This week's going to be slightly different. I'm on my own. Unfortunately, Jamie can't be with us as he was pretty busy this weekend. Unfortunately for you guys, you stuck with me for an, for a while, but hopefully I don't bore you too much. Anyway, this past Premier League weekend, been an eventful one, some really decent goals, and of course, as people predicted, there was going to be some VAR controversy, even though there's only one real talking point, which we'll dive straight into. Man City Tottenham was a decent game, I thought. Uh, first half, especially, uh, City come out of the blocks pretty quick, and I don't think Tom, Tottenham can handle it. They did not want it for me. It looked like uh, we didn't want to be there. We didn't want. We weren't showing for the ball. We just turned up acting like we didn't want to be there. And if we want a challenge for the title and for trophies this season, we got to go up against teams like City, like Liverpool, and look like we want to win. And for me, the first 20 minutes looked like we didn't want to be there or didn't want to give them a game. It wasn't until the Sterling goal went in, it gave the Tottenham lads a kick up the backside, really, and they start to show for the ball. Harry Winks got more involved. And when we start looking for the ball for feet and creating spaces, that's where the goal come through. I did think at the start that Lamella's goal was... It was an easy goal. I think Edison should have done a lot better, especially. I think he got positioning wrong. He wasn't central to the goal. Granted, Lamella took the shot on early and curled it past defenders, making it difficult for the keeper. But I think if Edison had his positioning a lot better, he would have saved that quite easily. And imagine on the training ground, he probably saves loads of them a week, so... I think most people will agree that Man City did deserve to win that game. Hell of a lot of chances. Um, Tottenham, two shots on goal, two goals. I mean, nothing more can say that. We're just clinical these days, but City should have definitely won that. I mean, just look at the chances, look at possession. It was, as a Tottenham fan, if we want to be winning these trophies, like I said, we need to be taking these games. Like how we did at the first leg of the Champions League. We were brave, we took it to City, and we got our goal against a run of play. Um, there is the, the whole VAR controversy. I don't understand why City fans are complaining. I know people are going to say, because I'm a Tottenham fan, I'm going to say this. However, it's the new laws of the game. The ball was deflected by Laporte's arm into the path of Jesus, who scored, which now is a handball, which a lot of people don't like because you could say, in fairness, his arms were out in order to give him some stability as he was running head down into the ground, pretty much, in order to flick the ball on. But it hit his arm, it went to Jesus, he thought he scored the third and won the game. VR took it back and decided, no, handball wasn't a goal as per the new laws. So there's no complaining. And Titi, obviously, players on Twitter are not happy. I think Gunnigan tweeted earlier today a screenshot saying the law has to change. But when we faced City at home last season in the Champions League, they won a penalty from a handball, and yet it's under the same laws. Rose slid in, it hit his arm, and granted they missed the penalty. So you can't be complaining when it goes against them. It went for them in that favour. It didn't this time. Obviously, the argument is if Gip was marking Laporte, if the ball hit his arm, would that then be a penalty? They don't think so. However, if it went into the path of Jesus and he put it in the back of the net, they wouldn't want it to be brought back to a penalty. They'd have had the goal. So I think it's a, it's a difficult one because the whole point of VAR is, is to cut out the ifs and buts. And that's the issue because so many rules in football is so subjective to people's eyes. The best uh, example I can think of just watching the Leicester-Chelsea game, Vardy and Christensen went together for the ball. Vardy gave, I thought, a fair use of his body into Christensen. Christensen put his arms around him, dragged him to the floor. I would have given the free kick to Leicester. However, the referee saw differently 
and the fact that Jamie Vardy was using too much of his body and gave the ball in the other gave the free kick in the other way. And for me, that was that was the wrong decision. And that's the thing is so many decisions in football are so subjective. Football fans won't agree what is and what isn't. So VAR isn't going to come in and make every decision correct 100% of the time. It's just going to make it 99.9%. We are going to have that 0.01% where we can't make that decision and VAR has to come in and give its opinion. So it's all subjective, really. The one thing I will say is that I think Man City aren't holding themselves accountable for yesterday's results. Obviously, are disappointed they didn't win that game. That's no doubt. But the biggest argument is VAR. They did it last week. They had a goal disallowed against West Ham. He, Sterling was offside, ball played through, scored. He was offside, a goal was disallowed. But they were complaining. They won the game 4-0. And at the end of the game, they were complaining about one more goal getting done off. I guess you could argue if it comes to the end of the season, they may lose out on goal difference. But you're winning 4-0. You won 4-0. Why complain about VAR in for that one instant? And obviously, with today's match, or yesterday's match, sorry, VAR didn't go in their favour. But look how many times last season, especially in the, uh, was it the, sem- uh, the quarterfinal of the FA Cup, they faced Swansea, and they were... They had offsides that led to goals, and yet they didn't complain then. So the issue is, City can't have it one way or the other. VAR is here to stay. You've got to face facts. But let's not forget, we're two weeks into the season. There's going to come instances, because there's 36 more game weeks this season, where VAR is going to be involved in all of them. They're going to go, there's going to be decisions that go in City's favour, and decisions that aren't. But now, that's just football. You have to get on with it. How many times have we said over the years, you might get the ref's favour, you might not. The ref wasn't on our side, the ref was was on our side. VAR is just going to be the same. And the issue I have with City at the moment, or with City yesterday, is they were complaining, oh, this VAR would won the game if VAR weren't there. But hold yourselves accountable for the amount of chances you did waste. You had 10 attempts on goal, and you're complaining about the last attempt that you finished, but was deemed handball. If you want to be one of the greatest teams in the world, they don't blame others. No, if you want to be the best at what you do, you don't blame others, you blame yourself. So don't blame VAR and a decision going against you, as that is the problem. Focus on yourselves and making sure you finish your chances in order to win you the game. I mean, Pep come out in his press conf in uh, the interview afterwards and talked about Liverpool game and the UEFA um, Super Cup and Adrian off his line. I'm like, focus on yourselves and your game and not focus on the VAR decision on the others. Because at the end of the day, v- like I said, VAR is going to be here to stay. If you hold yourselves accountable and make yourself responsible for you not winning the game, you will find in a week or two weeks' time where VR does maybe make a decision that comes against you, but you've been taking your chances, so it doesn't affect you. So I think that's the issue for me, is City, and it did bug me with Liverpool last season when Klopp was blaming the pitch, blaming the wind for games going against them, but come on, hold yourself accountable. If you aren't finishing your chances, you look at something in your team. If your team isn't playing well as a, as a manager, you should address that. Not address at like external circumstances. Hold the team accountable for them not performing and for not winning games. City had so many chances. Unbelievable, man. They created 30 attempts, 10 on goal. I mean, look at De Bruyne's decision-making. He was brilliant first half. Arguably, at this moment in time, if he keeps that form up, People will argue whether he's the best midfielder in the world at the moment, without a doubt. I don't know if he's there, because personally for me, I think his defensive game needs to work in order to be classed as the best midfielder, because you need to both attack and defend. But De Bruyne, is got his cross for Sterling was amazing. His pass for Aguero was equally as good. But then he went on a run, he took it past Davinson Sanchez, 
and he blasts it wide. If he cut that back to Aguero, that's I think at the time it would have been 3-1. That would have killed the game off, and they would have won that. So don't blame VAR for going against you. Look at what decisions you made in the game and how they decisions shaped the way the game went. So City do need to hold themselves accountable for the result. It wasn't, yes, you could say VAR without that, but it's in the new laws of the game, so they can't complain. You could say the laws need to be addressed because it favours the attacker, it favours the defending team, not the attacking team. But how many times has they said the off rule, the offside rule is in favour of the attackers, not the defenders? So it just, City need to stop complaining about VAR. Because one, it's here to stay. You just gotta get on with it. And two, just hold your team more accountable. If you aren't taking away your chances, that's your issue. You've got Raheem Sterling, De Bruyne, Aguero, Gabriel Jesus, Mares, Bernardo Silva. All these players we know can get goals this season. Hold the team accountable, not VAR. VAR's not the issue. If anything, VAR's ruling out that goal because we could equally be sitting here saying Tottenham were robbed of a point because Laporte handballed it and it went in the path of Jesus. Anyway, rant over. I'd be interested to see what you guys think and see if you agree, which I'm guessing probably some of you might not do and I think some of you probably have a different opinion, but I would be interested in hearing it. So if you haven't already, Follow our socials in, on Twitter and on Instagram, podcast underscore FG, and let us know, do you think it was a handball or wasn't, and whether VAR is making the best, is making the correct decisions. And whether you agree with what I'm saying about Man City not holding themselves accountable for them not winning the games. They had so many chances and didn't take them. That's their fault, not the officials, not VAR. Another big highlight this week was Norwich striker Timu Puki who looks like he's settling into the Premier League life, scoring a hat-trick against Newcastle United and bagged one against Liverpool the other week, which making him four goals in two games, the same tally as Raheem Sterling. Last week, we were discussing whether we reckon Timu Puki will adapt to life in the Premier League and how important his goals were in order to help Norwich stay up. In my predictions, I said that Norwich would come, I believe I said 11th place, which uh, did surprise Jamie one bit. He put him last, which that was a big disagreement. But from judging his finishes, they were really, really good. And looking how Norwich played, like I said last week, the way they caused Liverpool issues in the second half, they were passing through Newcastle like they weren't even there. And Newcastle playing a back five. And Timu's Puki first goal was brilliant. Of half volley, first time hit. Bravka obviously got he got a touch to it, but couldn't keep it out. And Norwich. They look like they're playing Premier League football. The way they're playing through teams, the intricate passing, the small one-twos. As I predicted, they look like they could do well this season. Look at how Wolves done. The difference between Fulham and Wolves last season. Wolves stuck to their style of playing football. They got them into the championship and they stuck that with that kind of philosophy and style throughout the season. And Norwich looked to be doing the same. They saw... They stuck to the style of play that they played in the championship, bring it to the Premier League. They've made some additions. I think they've only spent a million pounds, which is incredible. And they've got off to a decent start to beat Newcastle, which we know are a big Premier League team, let's face it. Obviously, there is, there is some weaknesses in the back, you could argue. They're not as strong as what they used to be. I mean, um, Joe Linton doesn't have the support around him. You know, he gets the ball up to the defence or gets a ball to feet. And then there's just no one around them to lay it off and attack with. They did okay against Arsenal last weekend, but 
they just look like a completely different team, and I do think they will struggle. Um, but yeah, back to Norwich, they were brilliant against Newcastle, and Timu Puki looks to be amazing, and I reckon he will do well this season. And I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I reckon he's going to get... 20 plus goals this season easily no 20 plus goals this season in the league easily he his finishing is brilliant he knows where the goal is when he's got the ball and he's a brilliant finisher honestly i'm willing to go out on a limb and say 20 plus goals in the league this season if you disagree with me let me know because i'll be interested to hear your thoughts but yeah that's my bold prediction and i reckon he's going to be brilliant i've already put him in my fantasy team i've dropped callum wilson team who's in but knowing my luck, he'll go on a gold drought now. Um, so yeah, let me know guys, do you reckon Timu Puki will get 20 plus goals or am I just getting into the hype early on? Another big talking point coming out this weekend was the early kickoff between Arsenal and Burnley. With Danny Ceballos making his um, debut or first start for Arsenal. I guess I did come out of the last podcast sounding a little bit salty the way he uh, apparently snubbed Tottenham for Arsenal, but you know my thoughts on that. Um, he looked very good. Very, very good. Very impressive. A bit annoyed we didn't manage to get him. He does look... He got two assists um, yesterday, more or the same amount that Ozil got the whole of last season, which just shows how god-awful Ozil has been recently. His assists, one from the corner, um, bit of a scramble. Lacazette was dragged to the floor. I think if he missed the chance, he could have had a claim for a penalty. And then the next one, ball through to Aubameyang. And Aubameyang doesn't miss those chances, really. Let's face it, he's been brilliant um, since he's joined the Premier League. Uh, I think it was a season and a half ago. He obviously top scorer last season. Looks like he'll be, you know, he's carrying on that form so far this season. So it'll be interesting to see how Arsenal do. Because I did predict a top four finish, but, you know, we know not to get ahead of ourselves with Arsenal. They went on an amazing run last season, 21 games undefeated, hit a bump in the road, and they never managed to find that form, which obviously cost them a Champions League place, and they ended up settling for Europa. But yeah, Danny Ceballos looked very, very good. And so did um, Pepe when he came on. Obviously, there is the video going round, going round of him mugging off Ben Mee with an absolute dirty bit of skill. The way he just body faint, turn, put it through his legs. You see the you see Ben Mee's soul exit his body like unbelievable bit of skill and he does look like to be a decent player unfortunately i do think his addition to the squad may stunt the growth um stunt the progress of recent reese nelson he did start obviously yesterday and against uh, newcastle so hopefully we do see more of him because because obviously we like to see english young english talent coming through and he had a decent campaign for hoffenheim last season in the bundesliga following the steps of Sancho, so to speak. So yeah, I hopefully hit, um, Pepe's kind of breakthrough into the squad doesn't stunt Reese Nelson's growth. Maybe he'll find a way to move that around. Um, Emery is a top-class manager, we know that. But Nicolas Pepe hasn't got his goal yet. He hasn't played much football, but we are still waiting for him to make that impact because other than the bit of nice skill from the turn, the body faint, the nutmegs. What else has he brought to the team? He's such a similar player to Aubameyang. It'd be interesting to see how Emery sets up the squad. Is he going to play all three in like maybe attacking 4-3-3 and have Ceballos in behind with uh, Willock? Maybe him in behind with Ceballos, Torreira, Guendouzi. Maybe that could work um, as a front three to get them all. But we saw the issue with Wenger when he had Lacazette and Aubameyang. 
he was playing one over one over the other, and a lot of fans wanted to see him together. And I imagine a lot of fans will want to see all three on the pitch at the same time. So it's going to be interesting to see how Emery does set up. He makes sure he keeps all his players happy and gives them the right amount of game time. And we all want to see if Pepe is just more than hype because last season. He was facing French League def- um, farmers in defence. I mean, after that bit of skill, James Tarkovsky, Tarkovsky, sorry, marshed him very well. He won the ball back for Burnley and stopped the attack. So we just want to make sure he's not all hype and he can actually perform it. Because if he is and he can't bring the goals and the assists to the Premier League, that's £80 million spent near enough. But moving on to Burnley, Ashley Barnes got his got a goal again yesterday, making it three in two. He had a really good season last season. Looks like he will be continuing that form. And I think I put my prediction for Burnley quite low, not quite low down. I think they're in the bottom half of the table. So it'd be interesting to see if he can get the goals that maybe push him back into the best of the rest. Because it weren't a few, it was only two seasons ago that they uh, qualified to the Europa League. So maybe the Ashley Barnes and Chris Wood duo will help getting the goals to probably put him back in there. Because at the moment, I think. A lot of teams are writing them off thinking they'll finish in the bottom half of the table because, you know, the so-called best of the rest squads around them have got so much quality to them now. I mean, we see it with Leicester, how much they've improved over the summer. Obviously, they lost Maguire for that. Um, Sayuncho, uh, the young Turkish, I believe, centre-back, he's looked very solid. looked really good against Chelsea and against Wolves. So it looks like he's villain the, you know, the void that um, Maguire left. And I did... I will admit this, I said that Leicester City's biggest issue was, for me, that they haven't replaced Maguire. But maybe they've got a replacement in the ranks that um, Claude Buell brought in. And he looks like he could be, could be doing the job. And he looked like, and he did really well against Chelsea. He did look very solid. Also, this weekend, Aston Villa, first game back, Premier League game back at Villa Park. And with the issue that we saw last week with Villa against Tottenham is their mistakes. Their mistakes are costing them points. You know, we saw it in the first couple of minutes of the Tottenham game. They were napping on the ball. I think it was El Mohamedi. Lucas robbed them and had a really good chance of opening the scoring. And you see it within the first couple of minutes of yesterday's game. You know, Wilson went through from a Fraser uh, through ball. Heaton come out, took him down for no reason. Wilson's touch was going out of play. He wasn't going anywhere. Suckered Heaton in and got the penalty which uh, Joshua King smoothly put away into the bottom corner. And again for the second goal, Douglas Louise, I don't know what he was thinking there, whether he had a call behind him, but he literally just jumped over the ball, fed it through to Bournemouth and they got another goal. And Harry Wilson, granted it did take a lucky deflection, but a nice tidy finish. And that's the issue now that Villa are finding. They're making mistakes that maybe in the Championship wouldn't have been punished, but they are in the Premier League with... Tottenham's second goal last week, you know, Grealish was napping, Lamella took the ball off of him, granted a couple of lucky ricochets, but you don't give Harry the Harry Kane the ball there, and he spoke to him not to finish it really. You know, Grealish has come out and admitted that they need to iron out these mistakes, and I agree with him, I think once they've ironed out these mistakes, we'll go on to be decent this season. I mean, we saw John McGinn's goal against Tottenham yes, um, or that last weekend. was brilliant. He made a great run, great touchdown, and a really nice, calm finish. And then Douglas Louise, he didn't make up for his mistakes, so to speak, but an amazing finish. A, a absolute stunner of a goal into the top corner. But unfortunately, they couldn't finish other chances that would have brought them point back. The next point I want to get on to is Liverpool. Obviously, 2-1 win against Southampton but looked very shaky in the second half. For the Southampton goal, a ball to Adrian. Didn't clear his lines. I don't know what he was thinking. Thought he could get the pass off to um, Oxlade-Chamberlain. Past Ings. But he managed to nip in and put it into the back of the net. And they were lucky to come away with three points. Danny Ings nearly got his second of the game. And nearly rescued a point for Southampton. But 
couldn't finish an absolute sitter, really. Obviously, there is the argument Liverpool played 120 minutes the other night in Turkey against Chelsea in the UEFA Super Cup. And taking into account the travel included, they could have worn the team out, especially for the game ahead this weekend. But when they created chances, they created chances out of nothing. I mean, Mane's goal was brilliant. It was pretty much against the run of play. You know, just he just needs a bit of space and he put it into the top corner. Amazing finish. And then ball through from, I think it was Wijnaldum, put it across goal. And Firmino, a very tidy finish after taking around one or two players. And I saw this on Twitter and it made me think, is Mane a more important player now to Liverpool than Salah or Van Dijk? I thought it was, you know, one of those unpopular opinions. But does he have a point? He, you know, he gets the goals in the big games. We saw against Bayern Munich last season in the Champions League. And we seen it, and we did see it last season as well. He does get the important goals. And is he a bigger player to Liverpool than Van Dijk or Salah? Like I said earlier, make sure you're following our socials and let me know. Do you think he's a more important player to Liverpool than Salah or Van Dijk? And the final thing I want to speak to you guys about is Chelsea. Obviously, I can do this now. James is not here. I haven't been able to say it in front of him. You know, last week I predicted they would finish sixth in the league this season. But I'm thinking that might have been a bit hopeful. After seeing them in the first couple of open games, or first couple of games, I'm starting to wonder where the goals are going to come from. I mean, today against Leicester, a great goal from Mason Mount, a really good finish. You know, he deserved it with the press, um, for the pressing on, uh, I think it was Ndidi. Hit it first time, oh, got a touch, hit it first time and passed uh, Schmeichel and it was a really good finish. This goal, a really nice goal. Pulisic set up for Giroud who took a nice finish past Adrian. But I'm starting to wonder now with Chelsea's attacking options, where the goals are going to come. Especially from a striker's point of view. They've got Tammy Abrahams who, who's had decent goal scoring tallies in the championship but he hasn't done it in the Premier League as of yet. He had a decent time at Swansea, but I don't think he reached over the 10-goal mark. And will he do that for Chelsea? I don't. I personally don't think he will get more than 10 goals for, in the league for Chelsea this season. I can't see it happening. Giroud, I can't see him getting more than 10. And the one thing I don't understand, personally, is why they aren't playing Batshuayi. I mean, he's got decent experience in the Premier League. We saw that last season when he went on loan to Palace. did did quite well for Roy Hodgson's team. So I'd be more interested to see how Batshuayi gets on, because... I don't think at the moment Tammy Abrahams is going to get the goals that Chelsea need in order to break in to maybe the top six. Hopefully the midfield will provide more goals, you know, the likes of Pulisic, hopefully he gets off to a strong start. Willian, Pedro, Mason Mount, Barkley, Loftus-Cheek when he comes back to full fitness. Hudson-Odoi when he comes back, I think he'll have a really good impact. From a striker's point of view, I don't see where the goals are coming from. When they get everyone up to full fitness and they bring Giroud and have... Hudson Odoi on the left, Pulisic on the right, mounting behind, or you can have Willian and Pedro kind of feed the balls into him and have him kind of a holding striker and then play the balls off. But I can't, at the moment, I'm not seeing where Chelsea's goals are coming from. And I don't think they'll be able to get top six without any decent goal scorers. I mean, they've had they've had a history of decent goal scorers. Hasselbank, Drogba, Diego Costa, Nicholas and Nelka. They've had brilliant, brilliant strikers that could get 20-plus goals a season. And they're not going to get that with the strikers they've got at the moment. And with the transfer ban in place, I don't think any of the strikers they have at the club at the moment are going to get them the 20-plus goals they need. But from a positive aspect, their defence looked a lot better today against Leicester. Uh, Zuma, I thought, looked a totally different player than he did against United. I thought him and Christian uh, Christensen played very well together. Kante, even when he's at 50% fitness, he 
he looked really, really good protecting that back line. But Leicester did test them. I think the second half, they were amazing in the second half and I think they deserve to win it. If Madison was able to finish the glorious chance in the second half, he would have uh, won the game for Leicester and won me a few points in my fantasy team. So I was incredibly annoyed we managed to miss out somehow. But yeah, I think positives for Chelsea going after uh, this weekend's game. The defence looked a lot better, but where their goals coming from, I don't think their attack at the moment is going to get them the goals they need. Alright guys, that's been it for episode 2. A bit of a short one, but I could only fill the time by myself for so long. I have uh, hope you enjoyed it. Hopefully this will, won't be as many of these coming. Jamie will be with us and we are looking for some more guests who get more than just our opinions and our boring voices. But thanks for listening if you have. Make sure you do follow our social pages, both Twitter and Instagram, at podcast underscore FG. Also, guys, if you could leave a review at the bottom, just let us know what you thought. Let us know if, how we can do to improve and what you thought was good, wasn't so good, so we can get better for you guys and you, hopefully you enjoy it more. Also, make sure you subscribe and follow the podcast so you don't miss out on any more episodes. And I will see you next time. Thanks for listening.